With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together they worked a young team to the top. And now a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground. Your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Matt O'Han with you. What is going on, everyone? The Hebrew Hammer is here on the Sick Podcast after a big 5-2 Montreal Canadiens victory over the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, let's take care of some business before we dive into the game. All right. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Energy Transportation Group has recently been named by Deloitte and CIBC as one of Canada's best managed companies. The country's leading business award recognizing innovative and world-class companies. The best managed Canadian companies designation fuels energy's purpose for creating progress for our customers, our employees, and our communities. Join a winning team. Check out energy energy's career page for available opportunities we're also brought to you by of course playground who hosted our pre-game podcast last week experience the world-renowned poker experience with free food and drinks at their cash game tables a bad beat jackpot that's already over seven hundred thousand dollars after the world record setting amount of two million five hundred and ninety thousand dollars was won on august 2nd Weekly promotions, daily tournaments, and unmatched customer service. Why play anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes away from downtown Montreal Playground. And, of course, we're brought to you by La Bita TB Beer, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bita TB offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bita TB, embrace your true nature all right like i mentioned off the top of the show the canadians win five to two in chicago um frankly i thought that this given the current context of this game in which it was played was probably i don't care if it's against the chicago blackhawks who stink i don't even know where they are in the standings but they're definitely in the bottom five um 
that was one of the most impressive games of the season, in my opinion, for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, whether you like that opinion or not, well, uh, one man who is uh, gets his say, well, you all have your say in the comments, but one man will have his say. He joins me most Friday evenings, and he's joining us again. Uh, it is Mr. Stu Cowan of the Montreal Gazette. Stu, how are you? I'm doing well yourself. I'm doing fine. Uh, I'm coming out. I'm, I don't know what I have because I had a Christmas party last week. Um, a million people at this party were sick. Um, apparently, I was one of them who caught the illness. It's not COVID, so I don't know what the hell's going on. But uh, it knocked me out for about a week. But I don't know if you could hear it in my voice, but I'm back. Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. I might cough a couple times in the show. So for our listeners and viewers, I apologize for that. Um, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Luckily, I'm feeling fine. That was actually a, an entertaining game. Slow start for the Canadians, um, down to nothing. But one of the most impressive things about this team since Marty St. Louis took over is they don't give up. And they fought back and they played really well. I mean, Chicago, you're, they're, they're tied with San Jose for last place in the NHL. So they got a pretty good shot at getting the number one overall pick again next year. Uh, but those are teams the Canadians need to beat. And they're supposed to beat, and they did. And it's impressive. They got an 8-4-3 and three record on the road now, which is quite remarkable. And they're only they're five points out of a playoff spot going into the game. Um, so it's quite remarkable what they've been able to do this year when you think, you know, lost Kirby Dock in the second game of the season. Um, Newhook's been out uh, for quite a while. They lost David Savard for an extended period. But the defense right now is really playing well. The six guys they have now are playing well. And Jaden Struble tonight, what a game. I mean, he's yeah. just how strong he is with uh, uh, the hit and then the guy coming to take a run at him and Struble knocking him on his butt and then getting into a fight and winning the fight. Um, as I, I think I said last time I was on with you, I don't think Jaden Struble is going to see Laval again. He's he's really been a, a, a real eye-opener since he came here. He, had, he came here with confidence. He joined the Canadians with confidence, and that confidence grows every single game, and you really notice it. And he also made that play, uh, a, a goal-saving play. Yeah, goalie. Goalie. Yeah. He, play, he played goalie. He did his best Shohei Otani uh, impression. He's a really, really good player. Like He does everything yeah. well. Moves a puck well. He skates well. He's physical. We saw how strong he is. Uh, we saw he can fight, too, if he has to fight. Um, just a really good player. And, I mean, coming into this season, he's not a guy people were talking about, right? I mean, Nobody thought that Jaden Struble would be playing with the Canadians right now and Arbor Jack guy would be uh, in Laval, at least not when the season started. Uh, but it's going to be hard for Arbor Jack guy to get a spot back here, and it's going to be hard for Jordan Harris to get a spot um, when he's recovered from his injury. You know, and that's um, one thing I always thought that worked against Jordan Harris – um, you know, he's a, he's a fine player. I think, uh, I think the Canadians see him as a part of the future of the team, which is a good thing, but, um, he needs to get a, he needs to get a shot that, you know, if you want to be on the team, mm -hmm. you gotta have a shot and, uh, it, it needs some work. I'm not going to say he doesn't have one, yeah. but it needs some work. It does. And he's not, he doesn't have the physical presence that, uh, Struble has either, but, um, you know, Mark Bergman used to have a good line. You can never have too many defensemen. It's so true. Uh, and the Kings have a lot of them, and they have a lot of young ones right now, too. And uh, there's a good battle for positions. No jobs are safe. I mean, I'm pretty sure David Savard will be moved before the trade deadline, um, which will open up a spot uh, on the blue line here now. And it'll be interesting to see what uh, Kent Hughes can get in return for him. Uh, 
Um, but uh, yeah, the defense, I mean, this, they, they obviously need some more forwards. You can score goals, but on the defense, this team is looking pretty solid moving forward. And uh, you know, you look at the guys still coming up and you got Ryan Backer, they drafted this year. You got uh, uh, Lane Hudson, you got uh, Logan Mayu. They're, they're stocked on the blue line. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny. We mentioned, you know, you mentioned him again. It's just David Savard since he's come back from injury. I, I mean, listen, he's not an offensive juggernaut, but uh, we might have to stop saying that he's not one because he keeps scoring. He yeah, keeps scoring tonight. And, I mean, you don't want to give away David Savard. And I think we mentioned this last yeah. time. If, if, if Kent Hughes doesn't get what he thinks David Savard is worth, I don't think he will move him, but I think he's going to get some good offers, especially the way David Savard's <clears throat> excuse me, been playing right now. Solid veteran presence back there. <coughs> Excuse me. I said I wasn't coughing. Now I'm coughing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's, uh, he's he's been really good on the development of these young guys here. And um, Jaden Struble talked about that uh, with me the other day, too. He sits right beside him in the practice rink in Brossard. And uh, talk about what a funny guy he is and makes him feel at home and jokes around with him and whatnot. But uh, I think that's one of the things that's really important. Jonathan Kovacevic has become such a steady defenseman back there. Um, no, he's he's really good. Mike Matheson, you could watch him skate all day. Him and David Savard are really good partners. Justin Barron's probably the guy who he's struggled a bit tonight. Um, he gives a puck up, but gives a puck up too often. Um, he puts himself in dangerous positions against the boards a lot too. I'm worried he's going to get hurt one time. I mean, that game last night that was a dirty hit from behind, but he also put himself in a real vulnerable position. We've seen him do that quite a few times this year, but. Uh, that battle for blue line spots is really an interesting, interesting to watch, not only this season, but moving forward as, uh, as the Canadians continue on this rebuilding plan. Yeah. and But you know what? On a night like tonight, like I said off the top, um, one of, if not the most impressive win by the Canadians, just given yeah. the context mm-hmm. of which... So back-to-back games. Really back-to-back bad. games, and they're, pl- they're playing a bad team, but it's back-to-back games. They're on the road, and I said this team has been better on the much better on the road than they are at home, and that might have to do with how young they are. I'm sure they have a good time hanging out on the road, going out for dinners together, uh, uh, being together. They're, 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 I've said before, like a band of brothers. These guys, and and maybe that's why they're better on the road. They're just they're together all the time, and they enjoy each other's company. And uh, what a nice way for them to go into the Christmas break. I'm sure they'll be celebrating on the flight home tonight. Uh, imagine the guys might have a beer or two even on the, on the plane coming home and, and be happy to get home. And now they got four full days off. They don't have anything now until the 27th. Uh, they're supposed to arrive home around 2.30 this morning. And then they have nothing until the 27th when they fly to Carolina. They'll practice in Carolina that day, and then they play the next night against the Hurricanes. So what a nice way to go into the Christmas break for the Canadians. Well, that that's the added layer that made it so impressive to me because they, the Canadians easily could have folded and said, mm-hmm. ah, we pushed it to overtime last night. It didn't go our way last night in Minnesota. We're in Chicago. We're down to nothing. Eh, you know, let's just pack it in. We'll, we'll regroup after Christmas, you know, that we got that game against Carolina who aren't doing too hot either. So maybe uh, that could be our chance to regroup, but no, they, they fought and clawed their way back. Again, I don't care if it's a bad team. This bad team was up 2 nothing on the Canadians. That's right. And, this, and the Canadians are a team who have folded during this long Christmas and New Year's stretch many times in the past. You know, the seven-game road trip, and they have five out of six points in the first three games to start it. What a way to start it. I mean, they're a little tougher the second part. Uh, they got Carolina, and then they got Florida and Tampa back-to-back. 
uh, the 30th and a New Year's Eve. But to start the road trip, five out of a possible six points. They've got points in each of their last five games now. They're 3-0-2 in their last five games. And they're doing this all despite not having Kirby Doc and despite not having Alex Newhook. Uh, and despite you now the three-goalie system, which none of the goalies like, all three of them are playing well now. That's the first time Kevin yeah. Primo in his career has won back-to-back games. Also, the first time Yuri has had points in back-to-back games. Um, he's really starting to, to play now and uses size, and that's uh, said goals in back-to-back games. And, and Mitchell Stevens scores his first goal in uh, I think it's three years in the NHL. <laughs> so it's uh, it's uh, it was a good night for the Kings. I said that I'd, I'd love to be. Uh, I imagine they're probably on the plane now, or at least on the way to the airport. And uh, it'll be a fun flight home, I'm sure. Well, so it's funny because last week when when we were talking to each other, you know, we were pretty much singing a completely different tune. Uh, as it happens every so often, uh, you know, in hockey, because things change day to day, let alone week to week. But, you know, we were talking about, I remember talking about Yuri Slavkovsky and that, you know, we acknowledge he's playing very well. But it wasn't translating into anything. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, well, this is going to have to turn a corner sometime. And Josh Anderson, he's not scoring yeah. any goals. It's gonna have four to goals in four games now. Now, a week later, like we're seeing the fruits of the labor. And it's um, it, it must feel very vindicating and, and very good for Martin St. Louis because he's facing these questions. You know, like he's talking, you know, I'm sure he doesn't like talking about a first overall pick. Like he's, uh, you know, has to, has to coddle him a little bit and be like, yeah. oh, you know, he's playing well. You know, he wants to see him succeed. He wants to see his guys succeed. He goes to bat for them every day. And finally, it's happening. They were stretching for reasons to be positive about Slavkovsky, right? They're pulling up all these yeah. sort of fancy analytic stats to say how he's doing it. You know, he had two goals in 50-something games going back to last year. He just wasn't producing. Like, you know, where's the offense? There was nothing happening. And now it's starting to happen. Now now we're starting to see. You know, with Josh Anderson, I remember that great quote from Marty St. Louis when Anderson was stuck on that one empty net goal. And he said, you know, I, don't, I won't give up on him if he doesn't give up on himself. And Anderson didn't give up on himself. And now it's four goals in four games. And uh, I think I mentioned it was last week. I, I'd, I'd be shocked if Josh Anderson doesn't score 20 goals this year. He's just he's too good of a player. And he's too much of a proven goal scorer in the NHL. What a horrible slump he went through. But now you just see he's, he's a different guy on the ice right now. He's got all his confidence back. Uh, you know, now they're just going to get Cole Caulfield scoring. You know, Nick Suzuki's on a roll. He's on a five-game uh, point streak. we got Slavkowski putting up points. Uh, you know, Anderson scoring goals. The defense keeps scoring goals. Now Cole Caulfield can start scoring. Uh, that's going uh, to make things a lot better going into uh, after the Christmas break and the New Year. And you know what I love the most about uh, Slavkovsky's goal tonight is that, listen, they don't for, they don't ask how they ask how many exactly That's the first thing. But what I really liked about that goal was that you know we've been talking a lot on how he's playing better. He knows where to be on the ice. That's a player that's you know like you could say he got lucky, but having watched him get up to this point and scoring that goal of tonight and well last night you know you could say it was lucky tonight however um you know he put himself in that position he knew where to be and he knew where he was supposed to be he knew his role on the on the ice and the puck 
it bounced and uh, found its way in the front of his stick and he put it in the back of the net. I really like that goal from Slavkovsky because it showed to me that he knows where he's supposed to be on the ice. And we said, you know, in weeks past that the game is just, it's too fast for him right now. Like he's not processing at, uh, at the speed of the game at which the game is going. And we're starting to see him process the game. Yeah, and Brian Wilde on Twitter tonight tweeted, you know, well, you know, you, you want to see him score fancy goals, but hey, if he's going to stand in front of the net and just bang them in from there, they all count. And yeah, uh, exactly. Flyers, uh, you might be too young to remember, but remember the, Tim Kerr, who played for the Flyers uh, in the 1980s, me. and he used to score 50-plus goals every year by standing right there. He was a big guy, six, about the same size as Slavkowski, and he just stood in front of the net and whacked in pucks. And they all count. He's going to say that he score 50-plus goals every year. Uh, Uri Slavkowski has more talent than Kerr, but he has that size. And, and stand in front of the net for a defenseman to try and move him out of the way, uh, it's not easy. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tough battle. And, and again, uh, he's learning how strong he is. He's a boy in a man's body, um, but he's starting to realize the strength he has and how he can use that to his advantage. Uh, and maybe watching Jaden Struble is going to give him another idea because Struble's not as big as him, but you look at the way Struble uses his strength to his advantage. So uh, for Slavkowski, there's been a lot of positive things to see the last uh, three, four games here. And you know what he must have gotten up uh, for especially is that, again, we said it last week. He sees the memes comparing first overall pick to first Mm -hmm. overall pick of, you know, Bedard already has – I don't know how many goals he has. Yeah. I think 13 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, that's more than Slavkovsky has in his career already. And blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. he sees this stuff. He probably got yeah. up knowing that uh, he's playing against the first overall pick. And he's saying, hey, listen, uh, Mr. Bedard, I know you got the fancy moves and all this, but I'm a first overall pick too. And I could play hockey and I was drafted first overall for a reason as well. And one of the reasons the Canadians drafted him is because of his personality. And they thought he'd be able to handle the pressure and the spotlight and everything that comes with playing with the Canadians. And, you know, being around Slavkovsky in the locker room after practices and after games, he's loving every minute of playing here. Like he's, he's enjoying, even when he's not playing well, he's smiling and he's happy and he's friendly dealing with the media. I'm sure he doesn't like, I don't know how much of it he reads or what he hears or whatever. Uh, it's hard to ignore everything, but, but he, he doesn't, it doesn't seem to phase him. Like he's, he's got a confidence in himself and the Canadians have a confidence in him. Um, you know, as Marty St. Louis said with Josh Anderson, if you don't give up on yourself, I don't give up on you. And and Sokos, he's got a lot of confidence. He, he's learning his way. Uh, it hasn't come as easy as as, as with uh, Connor Bedard, who's a generational talent. Um, but he's finding his way. And uh, he looks so much better. And I wrote a column earlier this year saying, you know, he's not ready to play in the NHL. He should be in Laval. And I still think going to Laval would have helped him last year. Mm-hmm. And even earlier this year, but he's getting there now. Like the Canadians were confident the best way for him to progress was here. And I think <laughs> deciding, I think it's nine games now that he's been playing with uh, Caulfield and Suzuki. I think St. Louis' decision decision to put him there and put him on the number one power play unit gave him a little boost of confidence. And now we're seeing, you know, nine games. Like it wasn't – first time he put him with those guys, it was like two, three games, and he was gone. And then I think he played maybe one more, and then he was gone. This is a stretch of nine games. I'm not sure if Marty spoke with Slavkowski before uh, and said, you know, you're going to play with these guys now for the next 10, 15 games. You're there. Don't worry about it. And uh, if he did say that, um, the confidence, we're seeing it. We're seeing the confidence. And Suzuki's playing really well also. 
And as I said, they just need Caulfield now to start uh, putting the puck in the net. But Caulfield's been playing okay away from the puck. He had a couple of nice back checks tonight, um, breaking up uh, possible scoring opportunities. Uh, but there's a lot, uh, a lot for Canadians fans to be um, happy about tonight and um, excited about what the future might hold. I mean, this, I didn't, I, I still don't think this team's going to make the playoffs. But they're a lot closer at this point than I thought they would be um, after was it 32 games now or 33 games, whatever it is. You know, and we say it uh, we say it all the time. We said it last week that this we said uh, that this road trip is really going to tell us where the Canadians will be moving forward in the season. You know, knowing that you know years past the wheels kind of fall off on this road trip when they're going to miss the playoffs. It happened last year. It happened the year before. I mean, the hell, the year before they had a uh, they were dressing uh, not enough skaters in the game. I remember. Yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. They were playing yeah. against Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So things usually fall apart for the Canadians when they're going to miss the playoffs on this road trip. But uh, as of right now, they're looking like it's they're, just, they're sticking together. And like, listen, again, they beat Chicago, big whoop. But given the context of the game, I think that was a very, very impressive win, if not one of the most of the, of the season. And uh, for those, uh, you know, maybe laughing at me, well, they also beat Winnipeg, who just beat uh, Boston, I think, 4 nothing tonight. So it, it's, it's a hard league. Anyone could beat anyone on any given night. And as long as your good players are showing up, and they're playing like the way that they're playing right now. I, I really don't think there's much more than uh, than uh, Martin Saint Louis can ask for, other than maybe going back to a two goalie system. But hey, like you said, yeah, they're all playing. But well. The three goalie systems work, and the schedule is this is a, a much easier Christmas schedule than they had last year when they played on the 23rd in Dallas, and then didn't get home until like five in the morning on Christmas Eve, and then flew out again on the 27th. They have four full days. Like I said, they're going to be home. They'll be in their beds by 3.30 this morning or maybe staying up at 3.30 and having a beer or two to celebrate before they go to bed. I don't know. Um, but, you know, they, and then they got four full days to just chill. And and I was wondering, like, on the 27th, if they would practice in Brossard first and then fly or what the plan was. And, no, they're flying. They're going straight to the airport on the 27th, flying to Carolina and practicing in the afternoon and then playing the next day. So four very rare in an NHL schedule. You get four days like this in the middle of the schedule. I know they have a bye week coming up at the end of January. But uh, to go into this four days, like going into these four days off, losing to the Blackhawks, one of the worst teams in the NHL, would have been a yeah. honor. But winning, and especially the way they won tonight. You know, David Savard is one of the most loved guys in the team, getting the empty netter. Uh, with Josh Anderson scoring again. Uh, with Slavkovsky scoring again. You can see the guys on the bench sort of laughing and chuckling, you know, with uh, Struble getting into the fight and winning his fight. And, and there was a lot of things just uh, – I'm sure Marty St. Louis is going to have a really Merry Christmas, just uh, whether he goes back to Connecticut with his family or whatever he's doing. But he's going to be – and he should. He, he's got a lot to be proud of with what his team has shown. And, again, just how they, they don't give up, down 2 nothing, and they come back. You know, again, it's since he called them soft back against mm-hmm. Boston when when the Bruins beat them very convincingly. Um, they they had, I don't want to say they turned a corner, but they're showing a lot more. Like yeah. they're they're we we were saying at the beginning of the season, like wow, we're we're really seeing. You know, we used to say about the Canadians, there's no quit in this team. And it's a couple games now. We're seeing them quit on we're seeing them quit mm-hmm. on the ice. And since that game in Boston, I really I, I don't think we've seen them, you know, give up at any point. And really that's 
it shows on the ice and it shows in the results. If you don't give up and if you're always in the fight, you got a puncher's chance. And, yep. you know, a 15, uh, 13 and whatever, I think three record shows that. Well, I said that a tweet tonight or an X or whatever you call it now. Um, yeah. just saying, you know, like 90% of coaching in pro sports, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, MLB, whatever, 90% of coaching is getting guys to want to play for you and buy into what you're selling, right? And teams don't come back the way the Canadians always seem to come back and don't give up the way they don't give up unless you like playing for your coach, you want to play for your coach, and you respect your coach. And there was a few of us after practice last week and Brass started talking with uh, Jonathan Kovacevic about this. And I think it was Arpin Bass who asked them, uh, you know, Marty always talks about his rules, and I'm not talking, he's not talking about offside or icing, like the his, his rules for the game. And um, Arpin was asking Kovacevic, you know, do you know what his rules are? There was two or three of us talking with Kovacevic, and he said, uh, yeah, I do. And he says, I broke one the game against Pittsburgh. And he had pinched in when he shouldn't have pinched in or something like that. I don't remember the exact description. It was something along those lines. And he said, when it happened, I knew I had broken his rule. And I was like, oh, no. And I went to the bench, and he was Marty, he said Marty was really upset and, uh, let, and let Kovacevic know it. And I said to Kovacevic, you know, when a guy like Marty is so calm and cool all the time and doesn't seem to get angry that often, when he does get angry, does it have even more of an impact? And he laughs. Oh yeah, he says. He says. He, he, we, he says we we respect him so much, and we like playing him for so much for him so much that we don't want to let him down. And he says we feel bad. He says I felt horrible. He says, I knew I broke one of his rules, and I, I knew when I was going to the bench I had broken one of his rules, and I, I felt bad because you don't want to let him down. And he let me know that I had let him down in doing it, and then you don't want to make that mistake again. So that's a huge, huge part of coaching anything in professional sports is having the players respect you so much that they're disappointed in themselves when they let you down. Like that says, uh, to me, that says an awful lot about um, Marty St. Louis as a coach and why he's the right guy for this team now in this rebuilding process. And, and like every guy in this team seems to be buying in and every guy in this team doesn't give up and every guy in this team wants to win and they want to win for Marty St. Louis. So, let, let's look at a let's look at a big view now. Let's take the bigger view. We'll get back to some parts of the game because there's some players that we haven't thrown some flowers at yet that I'd like to. But it is the Christmas spirit. I haven't even wished our listeners uh, and and viewers of Merry Christmas yet. Uh, but so Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, if you celebrate, I don't. Um, but hey, some of you do. Most of you do. So um, if there was, you know. Th- we all have Christmas lists, uh, birthday lists for me because my birthday's around the corner. It's holiday time. Uh, you know, if there could be one thing on some players and the coaching staff's list. So, like, let's let's look at Martin St. Louis. What do you think would be the number one thing on his wish list from Santa Claus for his team? More goals from Cole Caulfield. Mm, yeah. I was, uh, you know, they, you know, they, they, Cole's got what, eight goals now it is, and they paid him all that money to score goals. Marty keeps talking about how he's playing better away from the puck and both sides of the puck. Great. That's fantastic. But they gave him that money to score goals. He's there to score goals. And uh, if he's not scoring goals, that's, as I said, as, as where this team is now and the way they're playing and so close to a playoff spot and, and such an impressive record on the road, how many more games might they have won? If Cole Caulfield and three of Caulfield's goals are in overtime, game winners, but that means he's only scored five goals in regulation time this year. And it's not enough for 
what's expected of him for what the Canadians are paying him. So I think that would be his number one wish is to get Cole Caulfield back to the Cole Caulfield we saw last season. No, I think I've said the last time I was on with you, wonder how much of this might have to do with the shoulder surgery he had last season. Is the shoulder not what it used to be? Uh, he's still getting lots of shots, but I think that would probably, to me, be at the top of his, of his Christmas wish list. Yeah, that would make I you know that kind of eliminates what uh, would be on the top of uh, Cole Caulfield's Christmas list, which would I would imagine be a new hockey stick because uh, <laughs> might be might be a little cursed. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I think um, I think for Martin Saint Louis, um, you know, he he just give him a healthy team. You know, I think the guys yeah, well, that, are, that, yeah. I you know yeah. like just no, the injuries need to stop. Just bring Kirby Doc back. back. Yeah. Bring Kirby it. Doc just, back. Just get some players back in the lineup. You know, it, it's it's one thing that's very it's amazing to see, really, all things considered, because we talk so much. You know, we spoke last week about Kirby Doc and how he might have a rough go on his way back from this injury because he might not be a hundred percent and he's gonna be behind the eight ball if he comes back once the season's already started. You know, it's hard to get into a groove. Hats off to uh, David Savard even more because he mm-hmm. came back from an injury and yeah. it's like, wow, he's playing at the top of his game uh, and he missed, you know, three, four, whatever, however, however many weeks. Fortunately for David Savard, though, it was a hand injury. So you can still ride the bike. You can still do all kinds of stuff to keep your cardio up. Right? You can't shoot a puck or you can't stick candle or anything like that. Uh, but um, from a cardio standpoint, um, you, know, you can do all kinds of workout like you normally would. Uh, just with your hand in a cast. So that's a big thing. But with Kirby Doc, I mean, Kirby Doc and Alex Newhook were two of the key guys coming into this season, right? Two of the key, key guys. Kirby Doc, what can he do now that he's back when we saw him starting to blossom last season before he got hurt? Like how you know, how big is – and Alex Newhook, the new guy coming in, how good is he going to be? And we didn't really get to see enough of Kirby Doc to realize how good he might be and play two games. But Alex Newhook was really coming into his own. He was leading the team in goals when he got hurt. And just sort of, you know, finding his legs with his new team and feeling comfortable and everything else, and bang, he's gone for uh, 12 weeks or whatever it is with the, the high ankle sprain. So, yeah, when you say about having a healthy team, that you know that might be too much for him to even ask the way things have gone, been going. Now, uh, Santa's not going to give me that type of thing. Um, but uh, again, this team where they are right now is really impressive with with what they've lost. And David Savard, we're seeing now for maybe people who didn't appreciate David Savard that much. Now that they've seen him, now that he's back, it's a different team with him back there. Uh, Steady everything back there. He, he allows Mike Matheson to play the game Mike Matheson wants to play because he knows he's with another veteran and David's always going to be there to back him up. And Matheson's all over the ice. I mean, uh, it was Arpin had a tweet tonight saying he's like Barry Sanders on skates. I thought that was a great comparison. He's, yeah. he's all over the place. He's so agile. He's up and down. And that's a really, really good pairing uh, with him and Savard. Yeah, that's what I was I was going to say, you know, uh, maybe Mike Matheson would ask Santa. I mean, he already has access to one, but so but he'd ask for a personal one is an ice bath because boy, <laughs> he's earned a rest and just, you know, he takes a beating out there. He's agile. Like we said, he blocks some, he blocks shots like anyone else. He takes hits and, you know, just uh, I'd like to ask Santa if I can, I'd like to ask Santa if I can skate like Mike Matheson for one day. <laughs> Even just on the outdoor rink, I just have to go out and yeah. see what it's like to be able to skate like Mike Matheson. You know, it's just I, it's know, like I played since I was five. I know how to skate, but like the, I mean, he's had he's had such an elite like he's 
he glides across. It's it's amazing to watch how what a great skater he is. Forward, backwards, pivoting. Uh, that move when he comes out from behind the net, like the old Bobby Orr move and cuts in front. Uh, just he's a really really good hockey player. Really really good defensively, and he's fun to watch. He's a lot of fun to watch. You know, I really I, I hope this would be like really on my cr- Christmas wish list. Is that like not a lot of people really watch the all-star game all that much i would love to see um you know mike matheson make the all-star game just so uh, he would he would just naturally what he would do in the skills competition is fastest skater yeah um i would love to see him and that him give it a go and then watch kale mccarr give it a go Mm -hmm. and then just you know get a side-by-side shot so i guess it's like a Christmas gift from the NHL to put Mike Matheson in the in the uh, All Star game, and an also a Christmas wish from uh, a gift from uh, Sportsnet to give me that side by side shot. Just who you could, could compare the two skaters. Not, not only faster skater would be great if they had like an agility skating event in there too. Mm-hmm. You know, with pivoting and turning forwards, backwards, and, and so that's that's Matheson's game. It's not just straight ahead speed, which he has. It's mm-hmm. a way you can pivot and avoid guys and and go from forward to backwards and. Um, as a Marty St. Louis said this year, it's just he, he just he doesn't even it's not like he doesn't even dig into the ice, he like he just almost floats above the ice. It's I, I'm trying to remember a guy in the Canadians who skated like that in the past, and I'm having a hard time to think who who that might be. I can't remember the Canadians having a guy who skated like that. I mean, Bobby Orr is my favorite player as a kid, I used to watch him skate. Uh, I'm not saying Mike Matheson's Bobby Orr, but he's got the the, the skating ability to to with and without the puck. I mean, there's times you see him get caught up ice and boom, he comes right back. And that reminds me of watching Bobby Orr when I was a kid because Bobby Orr would rush and lose the puck and then he'd be the first guy coming back. And Matheson has some of that in him. He's just, he's, he's a real, and what a trade that was for Ken Hughes. Oh, yeah. who basically, basically got him for nothing when you look at you know, Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh, what they got for him, they've lost. So it's, uh, you know, Petrie's gone and uh, uh, it's just a great trade by, by Ken Hughes to bring him here. You know, I don't know what um what that trade tree would look like because i don't know what's behind it but it's you know that trade tree is amazing because the canadians essentially got jeff petrie for nothing they got him for a second for uh sebastian kohlberg who was a second round pick who amounted to nothing he was an exciting prospect when he got drafted i remember he could shoot the lights out but amounted to nothing and then they trade petrie for mike matheson it's it's a pretty amazing trade tree and then Ryan Paling, who was part of that trade, he's now in Philadelphia. I think he's got four goals this season. Um, so it's yeah, I mean, what a great trade. And and you know, Hughes has known Matheson since he was a kid. He was his agent. He's known him since he was like 14, 15 mm. years old. So he knew not just what a good hockey player he is, but he also knew what a good person he is. And he knew how well he would fit in the locker room with this young team and how he'd become a leader. He's got an A on his sweater for a reason. Um it was just, I mean, he's he's a um, he's a just a good person, Mike Mass. When you talk to him, you see him, and you see his wife and his kid, and that he's just a, a solid person on and off the ice. And those are the type of people that Kent Hughes wants in this rebuild. And uh, he's he's a key. I think he take take some of the leadership uh, weight off of Suzuki. Also, uh, one he can do interviews in both languages, right? So he, he takes some of the media spotlight away from. Uh, from Nick too, he's got more experience. Uh, he's a guy I think that Suzuki can lean on if he needs to. Um, 
it's Gallagher is the other assistant captain. Gallagher's got a little bit more temper, uh, personality, more of a fiery personality, which is good. Whereas the Matheson's much more laid back and, and calm and cool. Um, so I think it's a good leadership group with those three guys. Um, but with Matheson, I, I, I think he really helps Suzuki when it comes to that leadership role uh, in the locker room and dealing with the media also. Yeah, I, I really like what Mike Matheson has brought to this team. And hey, let's not discredit, you know, you said it, uh, he could do interviews in both languages. Let's not discredit also, uh, or not really discredit, but like, let's not forget what it means to be, you know, have such a big role on this team and what this team means to the city and being a kid from here. Yeah, he remembers it. He spoke to and he remembers his dad would take him to two or three games a year and they'd sit up in the high seats and watch the game and like he, he was telling me you know, there's times he's on the ice and he looks up and he remembers where he used to sit when he was a kid to watch the game and that's so cool like he he wants to be here like he wants to play here uh his wife's from buffalo not too far away uh you know she played on the u.s olympic hockey team um i'm sure she's happy to have the grandparents nearby you know you need somebody to take the kid for a day <laughs> they're, they're right there <laughs> it's it's a really good setup for mike matheson here and you know he wants to play here uh, Josh Anderson wants to play here. Nick Suzuki wants to play here. He wouldn't have signed that contract. Cole Caulfield, an American kid, he wants to play here. The Canadians, the, the, the change since Gorton and Hughes took over from Bergevin and when Marty St. Louis came is like night and day. Like Montreal's a place that guys want to play now. Guys want to play here. Guys who come like – and Cole Caulfield, what better example is there? Like an you know, American kid from Wisconsin – you know, when you're playing hockey in Wisconsin, you're not a big star, right? You're not under a huge, huge spotlight. I mean, in Montreal, he is, but he, he enjoys it. He embraces it, and uh, and he likes playing here. And there's guys here now that want to be here, and they want to stay here. You know, I was talking with Jake Allen uh, last week. You know, he's pr probably the most likely of the three goalies to get traded, and he was saying how much he likes it in Montreal, and his family likes it here, and his kids like it here. So how his kids are learning French at school and how that's going to be really good because – you know, after he retires, if he goes back to New Brunswick, it's a bilingual province and it'll help for his kids being able to speak French. And he wants to be here too. You know, there's, there's, so it's going to be, uh, interesting to see what happens with that goalie situation, how much longer, uh, it can go on. But when all three goalies are playing well, Kent Hughes can sit back. He doesn't have to rush into doing anything, right? Because the price will only get higher. If they can all, all three can keep playing well, the price for a goalie will get higher near the trade deadline, especially if, a Top goalie gets hurt and on a team that's going into the playoffs and they're desperate for goaltending. Uh, the price will go up. So his patience, uh, that's one of the strongest things. I, I wrote a column last week saying patience and confidence are the two things that really impressed me about Kent Hughes and his patience with his goaltending situation. It looks like it might just pay off. I mean, Caden Primo, first time in his career, back-to-back -back wins. So people, the other GMs who might have been writing off Caden Primo, or even Canadians fans who might have been writing off Primo, or media, I was like thinking, okay, this guy's enough. Put him on waiver, send him back to Laval, yeah. uh, move on. But now he's 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 starting to play well. So um, if you know, can use the patience with the goalies might just pay off for him. I, I think it. I think it will, as things usually do for Kent Hughes. It's another because. I mean, hey, it's another win in the column tonight for Caden Primo, one of the players who I would like to give some flowers to. He played a he played a decent game, didn't yeah. face too much. You know, he he started off a little little shaky, but then he settled into his net uh, once he started to get some more shots because you know he only faced uh, he didn't face that many in the first period. Let's went in late. Yeah, you know. Well, he made that huge save on the two on none, and then Struble yeah. made the second save, 
And then right after that, like a minute later, you got beat to the glove hand again. I was like, oh, man, like you know, the five goals against Florida all for the glove tough. hand. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go again. But uh, he tightened up after that. When I spoke with him about that last week, and uh, he said he, he let it get to him a little bit, <clears throat> the the glove thing. And yeah. he's, one of the things he's learning this season is just to, you, you're going to let in bad. He said, you want every goal back? But there's some goals are going to be good goals, some goals are going to be bad goals. So you just got to forget about it and move on. And tonight he seemed to be able to do that because he got beaten the glove hand, and it had to have entered his mind for at least a second. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah, it looked like he was able to wipe that out and continue <laughs> on and have a solid game. Yeah, I I really liked his game tonight. It's you know the like we said the the goaltenders are playing well. It's hard not to like the games of many of the goaltenders with the way that they're playing. Um, and like we've heard on uh, insider trading uh, segments in the past few days, uh, articles on The Athletic from the insiders and whatnot, is that the goaltending market is going to really pick up in 2024. Mm-hmm. So, th- you know, when this is when, you know, like we said, when teams start to really start making those pushes and the deadline nears closer, that's when it's really going to get ramped up and you're going to hear more, um, maybe perhaps more smoke around uh, goaltenders' names. Uh, than uh, than we have in the past because before it was just kind of assumption, right? We're like, oh, Edmonton, yeah. they suck. They just put Jack Campbell on waivers. They're obviously looking for a goalie. Yeah. Or you have, goal, you, was, you have a goalie who's struggling. You're hoping he's going to find his game. You know, the salary cap yeah. plays into this. You're hoping he's going to find his game, but then you reach a point where he hasn't found it. And the later you go in the season, the less of the salary cap you're, hit you're going to take for the goalie you're taking on, right? The Jake Allen's three point whatever million he's making. Uh, you know, the fewer games in the season, obviously the less of a hit that is on your salary cap. So all those things factor into it. Uh, but for now, and we're talking about, you know, Marty St. Louis being pretty happy on the plane coming home. I'm sure Kent Hughes is pretty happy on the plane coming home too. Cause I'm sure there was times he was wondering about Caden Primo also like, man, you know, I'm worried somebody's going to claim him, but is it, are they really, you know, he hasn't played well and are they really going to claim him? And uh, I'm sure he's, you know, he has talks to other jams around the league and I'm sure he, had the feeling and he strongly believed or knew for sure that somebody was going to claim him if he put him on waivers. And that's why he didn't. Um, it's not the best situation for him not playing. You know, if he'd gone down to Laval, he would have been playing a ton of games. Laval's had horrible goaltending down there all season. Um, but, but Kent Hughes was convinced that, uh, you know, somebody would take Caden Primo and he doesn't want to asset management. He doesn't want to give him up for nothing. Well, there you go. And uh, you know, like, it's ultimately it's going to be the right move because they're they're going to get something for one of the two goalies. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're not going to trade Montembeau. They just signed. No, him. I think I mean so, I'm pretty sure it'll be Allen who gets traded. He's 33, I think he is now, uh, or 32. He's you know he's not going to be, and he's spoken about this how he's not going to be here when this rebuild is is at the top uh, yeah. or is ready to go. Um, and in a perfect world right now, I think Ken Hughes see, could see you know, Sam Montembeau is your number one goalie and he can play 50 games. And if Caden Primo is good enough, you can play him 30 games a year. Um, there's not, it's not a huge hit on the salary cap between the two of them. Leaves some money to spend, uh, maybe find another goal scorer, a forward who can score goals. Uh, that's a pretty good situation. So that's, that's, how he's letting this all play out. And as I said, I'm pretty sure Jake Allen's the guy that 
uh, is mo most likely to get moved. I think he's probably, I don't think he's going to, there might be interested in Montembeau, but they're not going to trade Montembeau. I'd be shocked if he trades right. Montembeau. He's, he's, right now, he's the goalie of the future, especially with that new three-year contract they signed him to. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, and as I said, the Primo continues to play like he is now. If you can play him every fourth game uh, during the season or fifth game and he can play like he did the last two starts, then you're pretty good, pretty good position. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we'll see. Uh, the The goaltending market is supposed to pick up. I, I, I mean, I sure hope it does. I want some trades. I know we're in a trade phase, but uh, I want to see some trades. Make the make things exciting. Um, salary cap makes it hard, man. Everything in salary. Cap. The whole NHL revolves around the salary cap now. And then you watch what's happening in baseball now. The Dodgers are just oh, paying man. a billion dollars for everybody. <laughs> We'll take you and you. It's like Oprah. We'll take you and you and you and you. <laughs> you want you, you yeah. get three hundred million. Yeah, you, you get, get three hundred million. million. You get seven hundred million. million. It's, it's unreal. The it's NHL, everything revolves around the salary cap. It's two different worlds. Uh, you know what? You know it's funny. I was having this uh, this discussion tonight uh, at dinner. Um, like, where uh, am I crazy? But where does the, all this money? In not to get sidetracked, but uh, once we're once we're doing it. Where does all this money in baseball come from? It just That's shows what you. I'm I mean, wondering. The, well, the Dodgers. I mean, how much money are the Dodgers going to make just on Otani sweaters? Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, there I, is. And how many Dodgers well, hats? And how much are they going? How much is their advertising going to grow, both in America and overseas? This guy's a worldwide star. Um, uh, he goes beyond baseball in in many ways. Um, it's you know these guys who own these teams. If as I would say, they wouldn't pay these guys this money if they couldn't afford to pay them that much money, right? Yeah, it's, it's that's right. And, and the, the values of these franchises, the value. I mean, so much about pro sports now is about the franchise value from the owner's perspective. Right. How much is the franchise going to be worth? Dodgers, I'm sure, are worth a little bit more today than they were before they got these guys. Uh, if they want to turn around and sell the franchise in a couple of years, I mean, the Otani thing is going to be interesting because. He's already had arm surgery. He's, like, he's not going to be able to pitch this season. Yeah. And like like most of these mega monster contracts, they don't end well, right? There's more of them end badly than end well. Usually the guy gets hurt or uh, gets too old or, uh, you know, go back to hockey, Jonathan Huberto right now in Calgary. Uh, has no points in December. Uh, there's very few of these huge contracts, long-term huge contracts that work out. You know, in hockey, you got Ovechkin and Crosby and, uh, you know, McDavid, I'm sure work out. There's more, more big mega deal contracts in sports that don't work out than do work out. So I'm going to ask you this, Stu, I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. Um, would you rather, let me find the perfect team to see this. Okay. Oh, there's a couple, uh, there's a more billion dollar teams in the NHL than I thought there was. Yeah. Okay. There's the Rangers. Yeah. So the Tampa Bay Lightning are valued at exactly one billion U.S. dollars. Okay. Would you rather Shohei Otani and the other uh, Japanese players yeah, yeah. that the Dodgers signed this year, yeah, or yeah. would you rather own the Tampa Bay Lightning? I'd rather own the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> I love Tampa. I, I love Tampa. I can live in Tampa. That ri the river walk to the rink in Tampa. There's a reason why guys who play for the Lightning never want to get traded. There's a reason why. It's, From someone who's yeah. been in Tampa and covered games in Tampa, there's a reason why. So I, I, I'd rather have the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'd have my boat it's, parked. It, I'd have my boat parked a five-minute walk from the rink. 
I'd walk the river walk to go to the games, and I'd go have a nice meal afterwards and a couple of beers on the riverfront. And then it's Fisher Island, I think it's called. There's singing where all the players live and they have jet skis, they jet ski to each other's houses and that. I could I could get into that. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Why don't you just uh, have one of your houses on the intercoastal and then just uh just yeah. drive it, drive your boat, yeah. drive your boat to the yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's crazy to me though that the, these two baseball contracts are worth more than like almost more than half the NHL teams. Well, Otani's going to make. Well, I know so much of it is uh, deferred payments, deferred, but I mean, yeah. if you break it down, like his annual salary is more than like I think it's what seven teams in baseball are paying their whole payroll. It's yeah, no, it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. Um, so uh, listen, uh, on my Christmas list is a seven hundred million dollar contract for uh, Sammy <laughs> and, for Sammy and Yellow to uh, present to me. But uh, no, but so let, let's I'll just uh, get the Tampa back. Bay Lightning. I'll just give me the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, oh, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so let, let's let's go back to uh, Christmas lists uh, for a second, if we can. I want I want to hit you with two more. Um, what would I, I think? What would be on Yuri Slavkovsky's Christmas list this year? Good question. That's a really good question. Um, I was going to say confidence, but he's got confidence already. Um, well, goals, but obviously more goals. They're starting but, to come. Um, they're starting to come. So, like, how is he going to get those goals? I, I guess I would just say goals, like get more goals and. Right. and or f- figuring out how to score more goals. And maybe we saw that tonight with him standing in front of the net and whacking that loose puck in. Yeah, I I, I agree. It, and you know what? I think, um, I think the Christmas break, it's funny because the Christmas break for a lot of guys is coming at the right time. But for some guys, it, it's like they probably like, hmm. like Slavkovsky and Nick Suzuki and David Savard and Mike Matheson and Josh Anderson, they probably want to keep playing. They're, 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 they're the ones driving the boat right now. Yeah, the- yes and no, because I think these guys, it's a, they have a pretty grueling schedule, hockey players. I mean, they do have, you know, they make a lot of money in that, but I mean, the, the travel and the wear and tear on their bodies. I think more than anything, it's just the four days to let their bodies just, yeah, whatever. I mean, I figure guys maybe play. 10 to 15 games a season or maybe 20 games where they feel hundred percent. There's all, you've always got something, right? You've got a sore wrist where the guy slashed you the last game. You've got a sore uh, ankle where you took a shot three games ago. You've got a, a shoulder that hurts from a hit. They've always, there's always something like, you know, when we're waiting to go in the locker room after games, you don't see it at the bell center because we can't see the training room, but on the road, you can see where there's always guys in on the trainer's rooms, getting massages, getting injuries worked on with ice packs, so I think for whether you're playing good or not playing good right now, I think just four days to just let your body just take a break and and hopefully those little bumps and bruises you have uh, get a chance to heal. You know, hopefully you don't eat too much turkey or whatever and uh, uh, put on a few pounds. That these guys can get rid of that pretty quick. But I think it's just the four days. I think the best Christmas gift to a hockey player is just rest, just four days of complete rest. Not, I mean. You realize how many times in a season these guys tie their skates and put their equipment on and off? It's like, it's it's yeah. crazy. Like uh, they're like it's amazing how fast they can get out of their equipment. Like we go in the locker room, you know, five minutes after the game, and the guys are already gone. Like they're out of their equipment's all hanging up in the stalls. They're gone. They're in the showers or they're whatever. It's incredible how fast they get in and out of equipment. But just four days to not put on the hockey gear and not 
just chill. And I think that's whether you're playing well or whether you're not playing well, I think that's the best Christmas gift for a hockey player. Yeah, and Matt, you know what? I think that uh, these four days couldn't have come for a better time for them. A guy that we spoke about last week who, uh, you know, he listen, the Canadians are playing well, so you're not going to talk too much about these things. But, you know, Caden Gooley has been going through a little bit of a slump. Had a little bit of a better week this week. Mm -hmm. But I I think it's, you know, much like like you just said, for every player, I think this this four-day break will do players – you know, especially like him, a young guy, maybe just yeah. take a step back because he's an important player to the team. There's no more, you know, Caden, let's take a seat upstairs for a game or two. Well, he's they had him. I think he was basically shadowing. He was on with Connor. Basically, every time Connor Bedard was on the ice, Gooley was on the ice. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of what the, the Stefan Robida and uh, Marty St. Louis think about him as a player. And, you know, Bedard had one assist tonight. Didn't really notice him that much, right? He wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the Connor Bedard show tonight. It was more of a Slavkovsky show than it was a Bedard show. Um, and Gooley had a lot to do with that. So I, I don't worry about Caden Gooley at all. He's too – he does too many th- things well. He does everything well. He's such a solid all-around player on the ice. He's very mature for his age. He's very – you know, there's going to be ups and downs. It's easy for you. He's 22 years old, right? He's, he's playing well above yep. what you expect from a 22-year-old. You'd expect a 22-year-old to be have, making mistakes all the time all over the ice. He's such a solid player, uh, solid person off the ice, too. So I don't have any – I think Caden Gooley is going to be a rock-solid defenseman for the Canes for many, many years to come. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, you know, he's – like you said, they they put him on shadowing the uh, most dynamic player mm-hmm. on the uh, on the Chicago Blackhawks tonight and, frankly, uh, one of the most dynamic players in the league, which is mm-hmm. – uh, it's pretty cool that the Canadians got already. They're both their looks at yep. Connor Bedard. Um, I, I mean, just, just closing though, like, man, they said it on the broadcast tonight. Like if Chicago's like bad for a couple more years, which they probably will be, mm-hmm. they got like first round picks out coming out of their ears. They have the number one over, they, oh they, my God. They could have the number one overall pick next year again. Yeah, they could. Uh, thankfully, the kid is going to play a Canadian kid at the world's Fantilli at the world juniors. I mean, imagine him and Connor Bedard together in the same thing. It's insane. And like, yeah. they got, I think they got, they said on the, on the broadcast that they got two first round picks this year, two first round picks the year after they got like three second round picks mm-hmm. next year. It's crazy. They yeah. got like people say like, Oh, the Canadians, they got 11 picks in this upcoming draft. Mm-hmm. It's like the Chicago Blackhawks almost have like 11 first round yeah. picks in this draft. It's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so the, the Canadians, I think, uh, you know, biggest thing going into uh, to next week is just, you know, Martin St. Louis is probably saying, just in finishing up, he'll probably say to his team in uh, the morning in, uh, in or the afternoon, I should say, because that's when they're practicing mm-hmm. in Carolina, is, uh, all right, guys, you just got – like a gift from the hockey gods. Like you never, like when was the last time you've ever had a four day break in the middle of a season outside of a, you know, when they introduced bye week, Mm -hmm. you know, when do you get that? Let, let, let's get a good hard practice in and like, let's beat the hell out of these. uh, these Yeah. I'm sure on the plane ride or after the game, he told them, enjoy the four days, enjoy your family. He's a real family guy, Marty himself. Enjoy the time with your family. Forget about hockey. Come back on the 27th and be ready to go. You know, be ready for a hard practice and on the 27th and be ready to go. 
All right. Uh, what's on uh, What's on the Christmas dinner table? I need to know before I let you go. For us, a turkey. It's always turkey. Turkey. It's always turkey. turkey. I mean, I'm lucky. My wife, uh, French Canadian background. She's a hell of a cook, and uh, she loves to cook, and I like to eat. So maybe that's why we've been together for 32 years. Oh, it's a, <laughs> a good pair. That's why you make yeah. a good pair. Well, yeah. Stu, Merry Christmas uh, to you and yours, and uh, have a great weekend and have a great holiday. All right, happy holidays to you and everybody out there. Thank you very much, Mr. Stu Cowan. I'm Matt O'Han. I'm the Hebrew Hammer. Listen, I I like the Christmas season. I might be the Hebrew Hammer, but I do like the Christmas season. It's always nice. Uh, so everyone out there to the sick family, we want to wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas. That's from me. That's from Tony. That's from Sammy. That's from Aniello. That's from producer Shane and all of our other guests and regulars on the sick podcast. For, for producer Shane, I'm Matt O'Han. Merry Christmas. We'll catch you next time. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. TV. Embrace your true nature and Playground, your premier gaming destination.